everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of Bucks UK TV. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I've got Phil and Ian as usual, but we have a very special guest for you today. They don't come much more sporty than uh, Alex Good. He's a professional rugby player with over 300 appearances for Saracens since 2008, which includes five premiership titles, three European Champions Cup wins, oh, and 21 caps for England, oh, and the 2019 European Player of the Year award. So, you know, we're in esteemed company, but ignore all of that because the most important thing of all about Alex is that he's a Bucks fan. You can see from the cap. Hello, Alex. Hi, guys. How are you getting on? Very good. Thanks for joining us from Japan. It's um, it's it's quite late in the evening for you, so we do appreciate your time. Um, just uh, just for those of you that um, you know, maybe watching who maybe don't watch rugby very much, tell us a little bit about Alex. And um, and actually, it's not just rugby. You're a bit of a sports dynamo, aren't you? Well, I don't know about that. I don't think I'm qualified to answer that one. Um, but no, I um, obviously play professional rugby over in Japan at the moment. Um, hopefully back in the UK by May. Uh, but uh, while over here, um, been following the American football even more than perhaps usual, seeing more and more games. Uh, although very quick to, to say that I'm not just a one-off, one-season fan of the Bucks. Uh, got the old jerseys which I put on my Instagram of uh, from 18 years ago. And uh, was at the London game last year um, at uh, at uh, Spurs Stadium, London Stadium. What's it called? Spurs Stadium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I've been a big Bucks fan for a long time, which has been uh, which has been tough, as 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 you guys can uh, back me up with. Um, but yeah, I enjoy sport a lot. But the American football, I just um, just amazed by the athleticism of it, but also the detail, the intricacies, and and just learning more and more about it. I love the sort of mind chess games in rugby and other sports and the level of which, you know, defensive coordinators go against offensive coordinators and their thinking and, and sort of just watching a lot of YouTube clips of people breaking it down and, you know, how Gronk scored that first touchdown in terms of they'd done the same play earlier with a run play and then Sorensen comes up and thinks it's a run play again and they just slide it across. And just that detail, I love. I love it and I'm fascinated by it. And um, I've always been a big Tom Brady fan. Uh, I just think what he does is incredible and underrated. And um, yeah, that's sort of my story in terms of Bucks. But I, so I originally got into them because of the likes of Warren Sapp, John Lynch, um, Ronde Barber, really. They were the ones... That really got me excited by the defense and their, how loud they were, how vocal and how excited they got with that, really. And I loved it. Brilliant. So, obviously, you know, you play rugby, you've done athletics, you've done football. I'll probably miss out half a dozen sports uh, that you've done. Have you ever given American football a go or thought about it? Um, I mean, I thought about it, yep. Um, I've not properly given it a go. Um, we once went to the only story I've really got about American football, we once, as a trip in Saracens, about 10 years ago now, went to, it's exactly 10 years ago, went to Miami. Um, oh. And we were just there for a sort of camp just to sort of get hot, warm weather. And it must have been about March time. And there was a lockout at the time. So the players were on strike. And we trained at Miami facility. And they had this big indoor dome because obviously the heat's too much at times. And I always, I was, you know, I'm a goal kicker. And I always sort of fancied myself to kick, kick my football and, we had a few tries of whacking it over and I actually kicked quite well. And then next thing you know, pressure comes on, 
they brought their kicking coaches over. So <laughs> CEO thought it'd be quite funny to put me on the, on, the, on the spot. And I just whacked a few over just without any pressure. And they said, okay, we'll do a snap and then hit it. And, for, you know, some beyond that, you know, reason beyond my control, I just sort of gave it a whack and it went flying over. And I remember turning to them and going, and they went, oh, I'll do it again then. And I did it again. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm looking at them going, contract you can get me in then so, yeah. and they just went, oh nice and they were walking off i was like no seriously guys like yeah. the 50 yarder come on get back over there um but yeah haven't heard anything since but um yeah i've, I've spoken to uh, nfl london a few times jokingly about you know just swinging a few kicks maybe but uh yeah i haven't properly thought about it now i mean uh, a lot of the the discussions between um, sports fans in terms of rugby and the NFL are these kind of questions about comparing and contrasting the two sports. And and I remember when I first saw American football on the TV a long, long time ago, you know, there was a thought about, well, hang on, they've got these pads, they're wearing helmets. And as you probably know, a lot of detractors to American football call it rugby for girls. I mean, from your perspective as a as, as an avid player and, and, and also a supporter of both now, how would you compare and contrast the two games I think I'd probably get quite frustrated a bit like with lazy sort of like uh, I think you know, when people go oh he could have been a football player or he could have played cricket or he could have done you know this guy would make it in NFL I think people just are naive and lazy in terms of the differences in the games you know even going from rugby league to rugby union is, is, is so hard. The intricacies are so different. And I think we found that enough times now with American football, we think we will send some of our best athletes in rugby over there and they don't even make it out of the practice squad. Um, and I was very lucky as well. There was a guy on our team who I played with for a number of years called Hayden Smith. And he was actually signed by the Jets Um Full, fully signed. They, they saw him do a 40-meter time. He, tr- he went to do workouts at about eight different uh, franchises. Jets took him on, two-year deal. And he said the playbook was like a three yellow pages in terms of what he had to learn. And he's the most studious guy. His work ethic was incredible. Like, And he was just morning, night, morning, night, going through it, going through it, going through it. And he actually took a few snaps in um in the league which is more than most people get but even the second year new coach comes in he doesn't want a project and he cut him straight away um but he did like that's the only story i really know which worked out you know christian wade at the moment mm. it was like oh look he's done the preseason game look what he did and maybe i'm cynical i go yeah but there is thousands of people who can run as fast as christian wade and who are bigger, stronger, and who have played the game, you know, who know how to block, who know these different schemes. Christian Wade is a phenomenal runner, but to learn all that, and he's got no benefits physically, I think is, is makes it very hard. And people just want to go, oh, well, you know, they're great at rugby, they can do it. It's very different. And it's the same in American football players coming to rugby. It's not as easy as that, learning how to ruck, to maul, to how to tackle properly. It's very different. So... And I have a huge amount of respect for NFL because I think they're possibly, you know, the greatest athletes in, in the world, really, on the planet in terms of their raw athleticism. Yes, they're not the fittest, but in terms of power, speed, mm. just out of this world. Um, 
and I certainly don't um, disrespect them as for having pads. No, I, I think it perhaps makes it more dangerous and their technique could be better. There's many times I think tackle wise, you see certain franchises have taken something from rugby and wrapping their arms, but at the same time, they're taught to tackle shoulder onto ball or head onto ball. They're trying to dislodge it the whole time. So that's what they're taught and they're flying at such speed that they're trying to either injure them or knock them back. So look, I think there's a, there's plenty of things you can sort of take small parallels from, but the changeover of players, I think, is extremely difficult and probably quite lazy from media and people. I think you're absolutely right there. Um, you, you mentioned, uh, Alex, about obviously uh, being an, an NFL fan and a Bucks fan for, for quite a while. I mean, tell us a little bit about how you got into the NFL uh, in, in the first place and, and how you were so lucky to choose the Buccaneers as your team. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, it's, it's a really good question. I probably can't really give you an answer. I think I just started watching the NFL on Sky, maybe, or something, when we first got it and saw a few games. Um, and I think my my uncle at the time lived in America. He was a 49ers fan or something like that, and he, he enjoyed it and then moved to Chicago, but still became was still a 49ers fan. And I just got a bit of a liking through that and then got – sort of dragged into the the Bucks a bit as this, the the pirate ship and the cannons and, you know, the way they went on about, you know, the, the defence I mentioned before. Um, and I, re- I took a real liking to Rondé Barber. I just remember thinking, you know, reading all and hearing about this stuff and how he was like defying, odd, defying the odds by being so small, but yet yeah, was so good and read the game so well and just enjoyed it really and got myself a Bucks top and just stuck with them ever since really. I mean... Don't get me wrong, I wasn't diehard um, enough to sort of, you know, only support them. I did enjoy other, other franchises and I'm certainly not someone who dislikes New England. I think what they've done is incredible um, to do that. And, you know, this is perhaps me as a Saracens person to, to have the longevity of success year on, year out is extremely hard. And for them to do that in a... Um, you know, with the draft system is is phenomenal, really. Uh, and I take my hat, hat off to them. But uh, I don't hate them like a lot of America, that's for sure. Actually, that quite, leads quite nicely into my, my next question, Alex. I mean, um, interested to know, you know, who some of your favourite players have been past and present. I mean, in terms of, of the books, I think for the the game in London, you wore your Ronde Barber shirt and you've, you've mentioned Ronde Barber already. So, so interested to know about some of your favourite books players. But also, yeah, looking wider, who, which, which of the players across the league, again, past and present, do you, have you respected and, uh, and been a particular favourite? That's a good question. I think, yeah, I think Ronde Barber particularly, we've got a lot of time for him. Um, I'd say... Uh, as well, I think over the years now, um, Aaron Donald has come in recently and I and I find what he does as someone, again, like coming out of college, I think he was a bit too small for a pass rusher or friends there. And like everyone was a bit like, oh, he's not quite big enough. And yet how explosive he is, his technique and um, just phenomenal, uh, really. I think he, he's someone who is, is, is unbelievable. Um, Julio Jones, more recently, um, I think not quite got the players around him, but just so gifted, so unbelievably good as a player. Um, and then really of that um, 
New England team, Tom Brady, I think. It's a very boring, obvious one. And I probably refuse to get a Brady shirt uh, for the Bucks because I feel like I'm just jumping on the bandwagon. But he, he's just so impressive what he does. Um, and so I just can't help but just admire his ability to lead teams and the intangibles, as they always say in American football. You know, everyone shows him and his bad 40-meter time at Combine, but there's so many intangibles that he brings. And he's won seven titles. And I think this year, he will never say this is his best. But to go to the Buccaneers, no preseason, develop a relationship, change the offensive bit, work with Bruce Arians, and then still come away and win is incredible in its own right. Um, and I guess, you know, the, the question I've asked myself, um, to take a bit further, is, you know, what, what name would I get on the back of my shirt for the Buccaneers shirt from this Super Bowl? And I still haven't really decided, I haven't really got an answer to myself. And most of the time I think, oh, Evans, uh, yeah, I wouldn't go Gronk. I want to get someone who's like Rondé Barber was there the whole time. And I'm like, oh, you know, the Devin Whites, the Levante Davids, you know, you know JPP. I, I don't know, you know, Shaq Rat. I, I honestly can't make my mind up at this stage. And um, maybe at the end of this conversation we'll, We'll get to an answer, perhaps. You're gonna have to get them all then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bear in mind, none of them actually ever fit. I probably have to go (laughs) one, really. But. Well, it's nice to have that choice of so many great players at the moment, isn't it? So, so Mm -hmm. the 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 very the very last question from me um, is another compare and and contrast sort of questions. So you probably saw in Tampa they had a boat parade to to celebrate the victory, and and poor Tom Brady had to be helped home after a couple of hours as he had so much to drink um, there was that. a story a few years there's a story about you Alex uh, following the Champions Cup final win over Leinster so how would you have celebrated uh, had you have won the Super Bowl well it, it's safe to say um, I, my, my phone on Twitter actually got quite a lot of notifications of people seeing the Tom Brady one going oh he's you know needs to go and hang out with Alex Good a bit more and he should have had his full kit on and I'm, I'm like, oh, okay well you know, one's one of the greatest ever sportsmen ever in the history of any game, and one's me. So, um, you know, I think it's probably not a fair comparison, but I tell you, it is amazing to see um, Tom Brady do that because you just never get a glimpse of it. You know, him having a few drinks in public and everything. And, you know, people are saying, oh, he's having this avocado tequila or whatever it is, you know, it's a joke, but. He just looked like he was happy with his family and any man who can roll up on a two million pound boat, his own boat to a boat parade is, is doing all right for himself. But I think to answer, I actually commented on someone, someone else put a comment about how good does this look? And I said, yeah, it's a different level to what our celebrations in a, a dusty old pub that we'd probably be in. But um, it, it looked unbelievable, if I'm honest, you know, going on the boats, the weather looked great. They were all so happy. Um and I think to go off tangent, I think that was just unbelievable. I think something about Tom Brady as well, which I have to harp on about is you never hear a player ever say a bad word about him. Never. Like his own teammates. And I know why would they, you know, he's so successful and he's so good, but never. You know, and no wide receiver goes, oh, he doesn't pass me the ball. No, you know, um, offensive lineman goes, oh, well, he's impossible to protect, you know. 
it's none of that. It is, he is so good for the organization. He's amazing. He's so dedicated. He does this. He gets us over the line. And I think that's just, just incredible. He goes to this new team and you'd think the players might be getting a bit annoyed about talking about Tom Brady when they've won, but they're like, he's the greatest. We wouldn't have won without him. You know, he led us to victory. Mm-hmm. Even though he wasn't perhaps in his passing, his, the way he was around the training centre, the belief he gave us. And that's just incredible from, from Myers. Yeah, and, and I think um, two days after the, the boat parade that we talked about, 5 a.m. in the morning, he was up and he was on the practice field again. I mean, it, just extraordinary dedication as, as, as well. He's so, going to over at that point, but I'll let him start. <laughs> he wins us another trophy, I don't mind. So I'll just hand over now to, to Phil, who I think's got a, a, a rugby question to, to begin with. Yeah. Hi, Alex. Um, just want to say I've been on a stag night with a few rugby players and keep it to yourself, my friend, keep it to yourself. Um, um, one thing that always um, fascinates me is the game of rugby in the US. I always think that the US national team exceeds expectations at the World Cup. And um, I've always thought that they, although you've you touched on earlier about how the two games are so different, was... Um, what do you think about the, the game of rugby in, in the US? Because I've always thought there's got a great pool of players that can actually go and play the game after the finished college football. I, I firmly agree. I think there's a lot of people who have thought for many years that um, if the US tapped into the pool of talent they have, they could be very, very successful. Um I think a big stumbling block for them was the Rio Olympics, which would have been 2016, I think it was. The US had a very, very good uh, sevens team, like really good, one of the best in the world. And they they flopped, ultimately. They didn't, I think they came like eighth or ninth. It was like really bad and it wasn't expected. And that was sort of just, the momentum was really growing. It was on the global stage, world stage, the US public would have really seen it and if they'd done well there I think it would have brought a lot of momentum to the game as it was they they faltered and they haven't really gained momentum since and I think the sevens game is where it starts is you've got there's people like Perry Baker and Colin Arlt who were sprinters or played a bit of American football and didn't quite make it and they came into the game and they started to get some publicity and doing well and I think they can get more and more players from that who, who don't quite make it in college football or uh, etc and I think that was a problem for them I think ultimately that the issue is they don't have a, a professional league it's coming back this year but it's been very uh, mm. sporadic a bit all over the place and until you have that it's it's quite hard really um, but the, the 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 person who really was quite incredible for that was um, oh what's his second name uh he played for uh new england patriots i think he still does nate something um he's in the special teams he played for us webster? in the seventh nate huh nate webster was it? i can't remember is he no, solder? He... nate solder is it no i think he's the he's a special teams player um and he um nate he solder played... yes he's nate solder, is it okay yeah no it's an offensive tackle no no so this nate is a Ebner. Ebner, that's it, yeah. Ebner. Yeah, so he played for US in the Olympics and oh. played rugby at college and then went back to the Patriots and the Patriots allowed him to do it. And it's people like that, if they, if you see, like, that, that is possible and they are good, but they have to have played at college, I think. Otherwise, the nuances are too difficult. 
but there's a huge amount of talent to them to tap into. Because mm. they're starting to play it at college level as well now. I know a, a friend of ours has started to play for in um, in Florida State University up there, and uh, it's um, there's, there's more and more colleges now are actually introducing rugby into their sort of sports curriculum. So I think it's just I've often thought watch this space, you know, because one day I, think, I always think we'll kick in. I look, I think it has the potential to. It really does. Um, I think they're fighting a big battle with soccer. If you think about the major sports in America, from NFL, the ice hockey, the basketball, and the baseball, they're the sort of four big sports. Um, and then soccer's been fighting for a long time now. Um, and then rugby's trying to get there as well. Um, it'll be interesting. There's a few more European players, uh, global players, going over for the league this year. Whether that gets any traction, we'll have to see. But it is growing in college, yes. Well, like you, um, Alex, I'm, I'm also a very, very big Tom Brady fan and have been ever since he played in Michigan, actually. By complete freak, I saw him play his, his uh, game against North Carolina State. And I've always followed his career. Um, so, really, my, my question to you is, what were your takeaways from the Super Bowl after... after because we're quite as you are, right? We're all still living in cuckoo land here, you know. So, um, what are your takeaways from the game? Um, I think I, I was very worried going into it that uh, having seen the game before, uh, I, I thought Kansas City could deal with the blitz quite well, and I mm. thought their ability to deal with the blitz was something they were very well matched against Tampa. But I also thought that Tom Brady really had to score points as well. Um, I knew they had problems with the guard and everything. I just didn't think they'd be, I think they were naive if, you know, limited yeah. experience, you know, fine. I just felt that they kept trying to play the four wide receivers the whole time. And they were clearly getting smashed up front. The four um, um, defensive, uh, fr the front of the, uh, the Bucks were just putting so much pressure on. And yet they didn't put any extra men there. And they just kept trying to do it. And they went away from the run completely. And I thought it was a bit naive. They just kept thinking that Mahomes' talent was going to throw it over the top and they'd be all right. And it became easier and easier for yeah. the Bucks because they just went further back. They had the Tampa 2 at the back the whole time. But really, anywhere deep, they had three, four men always. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And look, you know, they were chasing the game. And the Bucks did an extraordinary job in that sense. But uh, I think, look, my take was that front four were the real MVPs in a sense. Yes, the linebackers had a huge role. I thought it was pretty easy for the secondary. They did a good job, but it wasn't that hard. The linebackers were fantastic at just moving around their speed and um, Devontae David and Devin White just moving around there and stopping any like screens or any uh, crossovers. They were fantastic in that role. Uh, defense though to stop them scoring a touchdown was huge and it then allowed Brady with the run game um, just to smash it up find the small passes and look someone like Tom Brady he will find your weakness and he did that you know and everyone talks about all the wide receivers but he just went where they weren't marking you know it hadn't thrown to Gronk pretty much perhaps once in the the postseason and yet he was the main target because they left him alone you know, um, there, Mike Evans, I think, got one catch, but they were double teaming him. And he, Brady just goes, fine, I'll go there. Okay, Leonard Fournette down the middle, I'll throw it to him, you know, out there, Antonio Brown for a touchdown, two yards. He'll just beat you. And 
I think my take to finalise on that is I've seen a lot of interviews from Ray Lewis talking about Brady and he says he's the simplest American football player in the world. He, he just, if you're there, he goes there. If you have this coverage, he knows to go there. He doesn't overcomplicate things. He doesn't try and, he just does the right thing every single time because he knows the game of chess and he knows all the coverages and he goes, I'm going to go there if you do this. And he says, that's where he's so good because he keeps it so simple. And I think that's what he did. But generally, I think the defence of the Bucks was was the outstanding part. Yeah, I think one of my favourite stats from, from, from the Super Bowl was when I saw that uh, Mahomes had 497 yards running away from the pass rush. <laughs> you know, the, the, the front four, yeah. So, I'm a, like I say, I'm a big fan of Tom Brady. Can we do it again? Can we go back to back? I think there's been perhaps a bit too much overhype since it happened, purely because everyone's like, uh, Tampa Bay are the favourites, Tampa Bay are the favourites. And my take on the psychology of that is it's there's only been one team that have done it back to back in the last 20 years pretty much um it's so hard to do because and i speak from my experience as a sportsman is i remember winning the premiership for the first time and we didn't get back there for three years later because you win it that first time you're so hungry you're so desperate you do all those little bits here there everything's built towards doing that and then you get it and it's great, but there's just small things that then distract you after that. You're the favourites and everyone's coming at you. You know, things don't quite work out as well. People want more money. You know, people have nicer cars in a simple sense. You know, people are a bit like, oh, no, I can do what I want. I'm a Super Bowl winner. Oh, no, I've done this before. I think you have to have such a good culture in place. Um, and I'm not saying they don't have that. I just think there's a reason why teams don't go back to back. And we'll see in the next... I don't know, four months or whatever it is, what happens in free agency? Because that is the biggest single factor. And on top of that, it would just be really interesting to see culturally how, they, how they're affected by the win. Um, because you know, they get to the final but Super Bowl and they lose. I guarantee they'll be the winners next year, probably. They get to the Super Bowl and win, and they're so dominant. Can they keep that going? Now, that is the hardest thing in sport. Um, everyone wants to get to the top. And then you get to the top and you're a bit like, God, what's next? And it's easy to say winning our Super Bowl, but to actually do that is hard. I know we've we've spoken obviously a lot about uh, Tom Brady, but in terms of culture and someone who's won seven Super Bowls, I guess we're in the best possible position, aren't we, in terms of uh, of having Brady as a, as a quarterback, but also the coaches as well, Arians and Bowles. I think you know they they create the culture as well, don't they? So. But, but as you say, it is very, very hard to maintain that, that level. Yeah, I also think, like you say, free agency is very, very important. You know, are we going to keep Antonio Brown? Are we going to keep Fournette? Who's going to come to the Buccaneers that, that also could be hungry for a ring? Because there's one thing about it. Yes, there's only one team that's done back-to-back, but the quarterback was <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady. So I... A question to you guys, though, is of the free agents... Who, if you if you could keep, so you can't keep two, keep the rest. Who do you keep and who do you get rid of? It's hard, isn't it? I think yeah, we'd all love to keep Chris Godwin, but I don't think the money's going to work out unless we franchise him. It's, I read today though they're, they're talking about franchising him. Um, I personally don't think that's a necessity. I think uh, Shaq, so Shaq Barrett's on yeah. uh, Heathrow agent. See, I think someone like him. He is someone you need to keep hold. We need to keep hold of. 
Um, I think someone like Chris Godwin, yes, it would be great. But if Antonio Brown's definitely coming back, um, I think it's less of a necessity. Um, and for that money, I think you just keep your squad going healthy. Because um, if he, if he, if he's a he's a top receiver, we know that. But you still have Evans, Brown, Gronk, Scotty Miller, Bray. You've got OJ Howard. Maybe one of those three you don't keep. But look, I think Gronk's dirt cheap at the moment for what he what he offers. Mm. So in Bray and OJ Howard, mm. perhaps one of those two goes. Um, but I don't think Godwin's as a necessity as much as. I think Antonio Brown, again, I think you could see him putting up huge numbers next year uh, if he stayed and, and he was more of a him and Evans kind of always playing. Um, Godwin, I think, is great and he is a Buccaneers man, but I, I don't think he's such a priority. The other one I think it would be huge to keep, Duncan Sue. Um, mm, I think absolutely. he's very underrated. Look, he's a reason why he's been to many Super Bowls. Yes, his first ring, but he's a dominant force there. I think he's. it seems... Looking from the outside, he's very good for the environment. Um, and I just think he is part of that. You know, some of the best defences we've seen. And him and Aaron Donald, I talked about before, were unbelievable together. This pass rush here, the job he does with Vita Vey in the middle, allows the others to just rush off the edge so effectively. I also think that uh, I, I tend to agree with you on Godwin as well. Because I think Tyler Johnson, his first year, really has shown all the signs. A bit raw, but he has that catch against New Orleans was just, wow, one of the best catches I saw of the season. And I just think he, he's, uh, he's, he's got a talent waiting to come. Yeah. And they, they say that Brady really enjoys work with him, has a lot of, you know, really thinks he's very good, which is yeah. the biggest thing if they call it that relationship. So. Mm. I do think we all, we've got to keep Gronk though, because Gronk's not only a tight end; he's, he's a another offensive line player. I mean, we had problems on the offensive line. Gronk goes on the offensive line, we suddenly start to win again. And I'm, I'm a great fan of him, you know. And I, and I agree. I think you only have to look. People talk about it so much about Kelsey mm. as what's Gronk so good at? He is the best um, blocker, tight end, blocking mm. tight end there's ever been probably um he's such a huge force he's so technically good and if you break it down tom brady everyone knows is the best play action once he gets the running game go his play action deciding where to pick people off so you need an effective running game now i personally think that running backs are a dime a dozen in a sense and that's probably quite harsh but if you've got ronald jones you could get another lennon fournette from somewhere else but it, you know, who can run through the gaps, but you need blockers. And if you've got Gronk and a decent offensive line, then you've got a massive chance, I think. Um, so I think he would be a priority for me because he's also relatively cheap. He doesn't have to do every snap, which keeps him healthy. And I think that's a win-win. Yeah, yes, I think I, I think um, you know we we've had these discussions on on some of the other podcasts and kind of very much in 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 the same position regarding uh, Godwin not necessarily being a priority and Domic and Sue being really important that that he gets back. Uh, I guess where I've got a slightly different perspective, I I'd be keen to um, to get Leonard Fournette back. Um, you know, particularly when it came to the playoffs. He just moved up a gear, didn't he? He was, uh, I think it might have been the last regular season game. He was uh, a healthy scratch. Um, you know, Arian said to him, look, you know, it's up to you. You, you either kind of uh, join the team and, 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 and move up a level. Um, the choice is yours. And he absolutely 
um, stepped up, I think, in in, in the playoffs and uh, and in the Super Bowl as well. A couple of really important touchdowns he got in in the Packers game and obviously in the Super Bowl as well. So so I suppose that's the one for net that I would be keen to that that we kept. So the first thing we have to do is we have to thank Bucks Report for their help in supporting our our podcast. And um, Alex, you may not know this, but you know, we've been going since 1984. And as well as being just a, a YouTube channel, we are a membership club. So um, everyone out there, if you haven't already joined, um, head over to BucksUK.org, click on the join button and make sure you sign up. Um, for your members, if you're reading this, make sure you fill in your end of season survey feedback form and voted for your Bucks UK awards. <laughs> The awards will be our next podcast. Um, and also, Alex, as we are a membership organisation, we, we, we couldn't let such an ardent Bucks fan as you get away. So we would be delighted to make you an honorary member of the Bucks UK. And uh, we've got some little goodies we can send you. You can get your, your oh, Bucks amazing. UK hoodie and, uh, and we've got some patches we can let you have. And if you really want to be a little bit more low-key, we've even got a little... Uh, oh, look at that way. Nice. There we go, a little pin we can let you have. There we go. So not now on the air, but afterwards, drop us your address. <coughs> we'll get all of that posted out to you with your membership card, and you are now, you're one of us. Oh, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. I'm uh, looking forward to it. And hopefully I'll get even more feedback on what's going on behind the scenes with the uh, Bucks Nation. So, yeah, looking forward Fantastic. to it. Fantastic. So now you're one of us. Your fellow members um, had a few questions for you. Okay. So the first question we had was from uh, Gareth. Gareth said, if you could bring back or change one rule in rugby, what would it be and why? Oh, if you could bring back or change one rule in rugby. Um, I don't know why we're asking rugby questions, silly sport. Um, <laughs> probably the uh, choke rule, where if you hold people up in the tackle, then you get the scrum. I think it's kind of ruins rugby a bit and I'd rather it was just if you were going forward you keep the ball if you're not going forward then you turn the ball over so the choke tackle rule I think is uh, not a great rule in rugby Are there any rules in American football that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit? Um, yeah ineligible receivers I don't know how yeah. I can get to that point and how it happens and how you make because surely, if you because what usually happens is they have to tell people if they're eligible for a receiver, they have to go to the ref or something. I don't really understand it, yeah. That's but it, it always seems to be they thought someone and they go, He was ineligible. And I'm going, and, the, and yeah, and an ineligible receiver downfield is another confusing one where the lineman just has no one to block, so they go wandering and get in trouble. It doesn't seem yeah. to make any sense, does it? No, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, and I can kind of get that one. You don't want to be big men up the field. It's dangerous. It's like charging rhinos. But um, yeah, the, the receiver one is a bit confusing for me because why else are they there if they're not to receive the ball? But anyway. And Steve Gargett says, who's the best coach you've played for and why? Um, and if you don't want favourites, you can have more than one. We don't want to get you in trouble. Well, Mark McCall and Brendan Venter. Uh, Brendan Venter sort of started the revolution at Saracens uh, when I was younger and really changed the whole culture, the whole organisation, like I've never ever seen or witnessed anything like it uh, and was incredible. And then Mark McCall really was, you know, a huge influence on us getting all the silverware we've got and taking our game to the next level, really, with his tactical knowledge and leadership. So those two coaches... Um, Saracens are the best two, phenomenal. 
Okay, and then Dom says, both yourself at Ipswich and your teammate Jonathan Joseph at Derby were academy football players before moving on to rugby. Which one of them was the better football player? A.K.A. the Charmer, he's calling himself, isn't That's it? That's right, yeah. That's his yeah. forum username. Um, well, I know Jonathan Joseph is a very good tennis player. I'd probably, let's say, he beat me at tennis, but when it comes to football, I've seen him kick a ball and I don't believe he played for Derby County. You can get a sense of someone when they kick a rubber ball, and I'm just not buying it. He wouldn't be in my top five players I've played football with uh, in England camp. Um, oh. So I back myself on that one, yeah. Um, I think Dom's is- a Derby fan, so sorry, sorry to you, Dom, but the truth hurts sometimes. Well, Dom, I just I hate to break it to you, but you're obviously letting in some rubbish players into your academy. Um, but I, t- I tell you, uh, Ipswich, uh, we were pretty mean when I was younger. Beat a lot of clubs, so... Um, I back myself on that one, but Danny Kerr is a very good football player. I'll give him that. That's for sure. Brilliant. Uh, and Phil says, what position would he play in the NFL? So obviously you're, so, you're a fullback in real life, but you probably yeah. wouldn't be a fullback, would you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I punted him in that sense, but no, I, t- I tell you why because of everything I said before. So I'm not stupid enough to think that I could be a quarterback or a punt return or a tight end or anything like that because physically not the shape that these guys are. So I'll be pretty simple and say I would be the kicker and I'd be, I reckon I'd be all right. Just, just all right. Not great. Not the longest leg in the world, but you know, pretty good from 45, 40. What about punting? Cause I've seen some of your highlights and you can certainly get some air and hang time on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, my thing would be if I was a punter is, is that I would just get really excited if I got the chance to make a tackle. I'd probably get <laughs> run around a few times. By the time I got there, I'd be 38 or so. But the, the thought of just the punter just levelling a player, I think, just excites me. And you, suddenly your teammates go from, who the hell is our punter? No one cares. To, we love this guy. And I'm like, that would be my dream to be, you know, because I've seen a few clips from an Aussie AFL player played out there and did that and wiped someone out. And I remember thinking, he's the man now. Everyone knows who he is now. So, oh, go, yeah, going back to the uh, the kicking and us talking about free agency, of course, of course, Ryan Suckup is a free agent. So, Alex, this could be your chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you can get words to Tom Brady and we'll just say, look, you know, TB12 says uh, I've got I've got the minerals for it and I'm the man. So, <laughs> Brilliant. And I think it's our last question from Pete. What was his experience at the London NFL game like? Uh, the one at Spurs? Yes. I think let's, let's divide it between the on the field and off the field, shall we? Yeah. I mean, um, I've been to a lot of the games in London. I found the one at um, Spurs Stadium unbelievable because I was quite lucky enough to go down to pitch side, actually. Um, so I, I loved it. Uh, in that sense, but I was obviously horrified by James Winston's performance and throwing, I think, six interceptions or turnovers on the day. Um, so that hit me pretty hard, really, coming in hot with my my full uh, Buccaneers outfit. Um, but as a stadium and in terms of how it's built for American football, it was unbelievably good. I have to say, I take my hat off to it. Uh, and the crowd were in good form and nice and vocal. So um, yeah, really good. Just not the performance um, I would have loved. Fair enough. Okay, so that's everything from our members. Thank you ever so much for joining us, Alex. Just want to say thanks, Alex. Thanks for joining us from Japan. It's a real honour to have you on. And uh, keep in touch. Keep in touch. Yeah. 
no thank you guys i really enjoyed it and uh it's obviously great to come on after a success and a victory it's uh the best way to come on to the show so all in good good spirits but no thanks thank so you. much for being on there and for letting me become a member i really appreciate it so alex is on social media and down in the video description you'll find the links if you want to uh to follow alex and find out what's going on Obviously, we want you to like and subscribe and click the bell on this video. Make sure you get over to BucksUK.org and click on join. And we will see you next time for the 33rd annual Bucks UK Awards. So it's goodbye from them. Bye. 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 Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. And goodbye from me. Thank Bye. you. See you soon.